This is Podcast Radio. I'm Mark Pendergast. Now, when it comes to childhood, a huge part of that is what we watch on television. Certain characters, certain individuals, certain TV shows stick long in the memory. And one duo that's been around forever and hugely successful in what is a really tough genre is Dick and Dom. Everybody remembers Dick and Dom in the bungalow and their various antics. We speak to Dom Wood here, who's branched out a little bit, reinvented himself as a DIY expert. He also speaks about his career and the pure joy of working with his best friend on projects throughout the years. So we've got Don Wood here to talk about DIY. Now, that's not as much of a stretch as you would think because he has a DIY TikTok channel with 180,000 subscribers. A TikTok famous now as well, Dom. You know what, Mark? It's one of those things that just happened totally by accident, is that, you know, during lockdown, we, we, we bought a probate house just uh, literally two days before we went into lockdown. And the idea was to, you know, spend money doing it up and get it all nice for the family. And unfortunately, you know, trade couldn't come into the house. You know, we, you know, me and Rich, we lost all of our work. And so, you know, I didn't really have any kind of finances to, to warrant doing it up. So I just said, we won't write and roll up doing it myself. And then she was like, well, why don't you just pop it on Instagram just to keep, you know, friends and family updated as to what's happening. You've got a big family then, haven't you? If it's 180,000 people then. Well, it's, you know what? It's grew to that it's you know we didn't have any expectations there was no master plan behind it and then it just kind of the instagram account grew and grew and grew and then my kids said dad stick on tiktok everyone's watching tiktok so we did that it just kind of exploded really and, uh, and it's been great fun it's been really really good because there's there's a great community within the in the trade community and, and everyone's willing to kind of help and share tips so you know when i get really stuck i'll do an instagram live and then then people saying hey you want to try one of these want to try one of these so yeah it's been really helpful you seem to enjoy messing with those power tools on that account a little bit too much, I think. Do you know, I can't, I can't explain the excitement when I get a new power tool delivered to my house. It's, uh, it's the same as Christmas when you get a new toy as a kid. It's, it's so exciting. You get a new circus or, or a new multi-tool. You're like, wow, this is great. And then you can't wait to use it. Well, I tell you what, you don't need to explain it. We just need to look at your TikTok channel. The joy on your face when you've got a cordless drill <laughs> in your hand is, is, a, is a sight to see. But, you know, it, 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 I'll hit it at the right time as well. Because when you've got cordless power tools and everything takes one battery, I use these uh, a brand called Ryobi, which they've just got everything. You know, you need to clean your car, you need to cut your head, you need to stuff up battery charges, festivals, all stop. They all take the same batteries. I'll hit it at the right time because trying to negotiate cables and not cut through cables when you're using the saw, I think I would, I would work well with cables. Now, you're not, we're not just being thrown in a room together here, by the way. You're here to talk about some of the things that we need to do this winter. To, well, I would say the most important thing for a lot of people is save some money on their energy bills, but also avoid DIY disasters or having to do your own DIY on burst pipes and the like. Yeah, exactly. It's all about preventative steps, really. You know, I've teamed up with Tim Thames Water, who wants to get everyone ready for winter, which is a very sensible thing to do. You know, some of these things and these little tips that you'll see on their website, if you go to thameswater.co.uk forward slash winter. They go the, all these lovely little bite-sized videos. They don't last long. Have a little look through them. And there's really good ones like, you know, lagging your pipes, which means wrapping them up in insulation. You can buy these tubes and for the average house, it costs only about 20 quid, which I know is still 20 quid. I know that still costs money, but it's going to cost more money if your pipe bursts. And there's things like, you know, learn where your stop tap is. Not everyone knows where your stop tap is or what it's even used for. And it is vital that you know where that is because if you get a leak or a burst pipe and you can't get any plumbers out in the middle of the night, then you need to shut off the water supply. It's usually under your sink 
behind your washing machine or under the stairs, failing in the street outside your house under, under a little flap. And uh, you just need to turn it off and it stops all the water coming in. All those little tips that make a difference, you know, and also making the most out of your, your energy and your water supply. So like bleeding your radiators. No, not, not everyone understands how important that is. So you, you could have like a third of your, your radiator filled up with air, which is doing nothing. So if you just turn your little key, which you can get for a quid, once all the pipes are cooled down, you turn it, let all the air out. It's a very satisfying job. Let all the air out. And as soon as water starts coming up, turn it up and you've got a nice, cozy, warm radiator. It was a joy that when I was a kid, I used to spend the long winters night flew by with me and my dad bleeding radiators. I loved it. Did you? Did you do it? Did you level them all up where you have to whiz around the house? Oh, I, I was obsessed with it. I was like, it's got to be done every day. Like, you don't need to do it every day, son. Okay, there's not the air doesn't get in that too. <laughs> do, do you know what that says for me, Mark, is the joys that we had growing up before mobile phones and technology was invented. Even like topping up radiators was a bit of fun with your dad. Kids, you don't need an iPhone 14, just bleed a radiator too. The long... It doesn't cost a thousand pounds, it costs a quid. The long winter's nights will fly by. Of course, you're, you're famous for being in, well, the most famous thing. I've just, I was actually with some students just before I did this interview, and I, and I mentioned Dick and Dom in the bungalow, and they're all like, oh, yeah, I, I remember that. What, <laughs> what, what is it like being in such an iconic duo and so recognisable? Do you know what? It is more enjoyable and more heartfelt now than it, oh, it was when we were making Dick and Dom in the bungalow. Having worked together with your best mate for 26 years, and still being your best mate. You're a godfather to each other's children. We go on holiday at the same time. You know, absolutely joyous. In fact, he keeps on asking me to go to his house to do a few DIY jobs, so I must do that. But it's but to, to know that now that the, 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 the audience are older now and they're more articulate, they can articulate how important and how much that show meant to them. And it's so wonderful and heartfelt. You know, we DJ at clubs all over the countries and festivals now, and they're all the ravers now. So... They, it's just lovely to see them all still with us. Is it being part of a big double act like that? Is it a, a joy or a bit of a curse or a bit of both sometimes? It is. It's a joy. It's nothing but a joy. You know, work, working with Rich has always just been nothing but the best thing in the world. You get to share the best time together. And, and show business, you know, you also have your slightly more difficult times. And, the, you know, when you've got each other to prop up, you know, it, it's, it's the best thing. It's, it's never once been a curse. It's just always been, you know... <laughs> Sometimes you have to pinch yourself and think, I need to get a proper job. I'm literally filming around the world with my best mate. Is kids' TV the hardest TV to do? It is now. It wasn't when we were, because we had an audience straight away. So we, kids only watched CBBC or CITV when we were kids. Sorry, when we were working on kids' TV. But now those channels aren't really watched anymore. It is being phased out. You know, it's been taken off channels in a couple of years. It's been put all on digital, on, on demand. Because kids really are watching YouTube. They're watching what they want and what interests them on a platform where they can get it instantly. So, you know, it must be hard. If someone wants to be a kid presenter now, it's a tough one. It must be a really tough one. In fact, a lot of people who want to be on screen to that audience just make YouTube content and they're in full control. It, it seems to be though, but I'm, I'm thinking more like, you know, when you're an adult and you see kids eating multicolored sweets and you're looking, looking at them going, what the hell are they eating? And how the hell did I enjoy that when I was a kid? It's that, it's that ability to make kids TV where you've got the, the, you can take yourself back to being a child and you can relate to yeah. them. It's so difficult once you become an adult. You look at kids and you're just like, what are they doing? Why are they eating that? Why are they saying that? Why, you know, is it how, how do you hold on to that ability? How do you connect with, with children? That's what I mean when I say it's the hardest TV to make. 
Yeah, well, the, 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 the number one tip when you're trying to make content for kids is, is to not patronize them and to treat them as equals. The worst thing a kid could want is for you to talk to them. As, you know, ultimately, all we used to do is, is programs like Horrible Histories as well. We just used to make funny programs. We didn't make kids programs. We just made funny programs. And it just happened to be scheduled within the kids' scheduling hour. And they just really just, just locked onto it. And, but you mentioned the thing about sweets. I'll tell you a little secret here is that when the kids first arrived in the studios at the BBC, we used to give them tons of Haribo and cans of Coke. And I'd feel, that would feel the What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? As part of my research, in-depth research for this interview, I was watching The Best of Bogeys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, this, this game is where you are in maybe a library. In this case, I think we're in a university library. And it, yeah. increasing volumes, you say yeah. the word bogeys to see yeah. who garners the best, best reaction from the, from the people in the room. How the hell did you come up with an idea like that? You've done it. You've well, done it in real life, didn't you? Surely. Well, we did. We didn't know the effect it would have as a game. You know, we were just so we had two or three hours to fill every Saturday and Sunday, and so we were just thinking of games and selling things. And our, our the producer Steve, he uh, used to play a game similar in the wings of the theatre when he used to work backstage at theatre. And they didn't use the word bogeys; they used a different B word. And uh, <laughs> I tell you, he just transferred it to to to, to bogeys and and stuck us in lots of quiet places. And we weren't prepared for the reaction it would get. We didn't know it would become our for the rest of our life. It just it stuck and it became a glorious thing. And, and everyone still loves it. They still say it. it's interesting because kids that come to watch some of our family shows now at places like Butlins and festivals and all that kind of stuff. They obviously don't know about it, but they know about it through their parents showing them videos on YouTube. Is it some? Is there anywhere you wanted to do bogeys that you weren't allowed to do? Should we say how's the parliament? I was going to. I was just thinking that. I mean, but to be fair, the, the way it's going in there, that'd be the least offensive thing Prime going Minister's on. Questions. Oh, I tell you what, it make more sense than most of the prime minister's <laughs> questions going on at the moment. <laughs> if we're honest, prime minister. <laughs> was there anywhere that you you were going to do? And he said, "No, you can't. You can't do that." No, there were no. There were no. There were no boundaries. I don't think we uh, we didn't ever do a press conference, which surprised me. I really thought we would do a Hollywood press conference. Oh, that would be that would be brilliant, especially with. Sort of... I think the pro the the problem is people cottoned onto what we were doing by then, so it became restricted as to where we could do it because they would know what was going to happen, and then it defeated the whole object of it and the tension behind it. So I think you know they would have had security saying, "There's no way you two are going on." You know, we've got Tom Cruise sat there promoting his new, new film. You two are not going in. Surely you could have gone international with that one. No one would have known well, we did, now, we, would they? We did international ones. We did, we did it in Italy, in Spain, in France. So, you know, we, 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 we did it in a few different countries. And that was great because they didn't know who we were or what was going on. And it was a game that was banned in a lot of schools. And I, I just imagined this. It was similar to when Grange Hill was around and the kids started yeah. humming in the class, like with various <laughs> levels of volume because that was on Grange Hill. Bogies yeah. was that was the new version. Now, did you get any complaints off teachers or schools, or were you were like these these two are just utterly shocking? And uh, yeah, te teachers hated us uh, up and down the country. They really did. I, I would say rubbish <laughs> teachers right. hated you because if you can't control a cast, it's not Dick and Dom's fault. Let's put it that way. Would you like to do your own sort of DIY or house show in the future? I mean, if Dion Dublin can go from Premier League to Homes Under the Hammer, surely this is your got to be your next step. Well, do you know what? It's a it's a funny thing. I'm very happy just doing it where it is at the moment. And I think it'll probably feel slightly uncomfortable doing something on telly without Rich. But, you know, there's definitely a call for, for, for both of us because he, he's, you know, a landlord of a few properties as well. So he's got a lot of experience in terms of 
you know, property maintenance, budgets, you know, and logistics. He's very, very good at it. So in, in our double act, he is in charge of logistics and the kind of management side of it. I'm the hustler and I'm the, the kind of A&R guy. So there'll be a great program. I mean, us two teaming up to try and renovate bungalows, I think. I think that's the ultimate format, isn't it? Well, you know, I was thinking this, but I'll just every you know, single... you take a derelict bungalow, he's in charge of the, the purse strings. No, I'm in charge of the DIY. I think it sounds perfect, if you ask me. Well, it's it's one of it's one of those formats that's been done to death now. It starts off with a shell of a house, doesn't it? Then, you know, the middle bit, the drama bit in the middle of the stories. Oh, no, it's over budget. Or, oh, no, we've lifted the carpet up here and there's some dry rot we weren't expecting. And then, yeah, yeah well, funny enough, there's a magnificent transformation. It's it's getting a bit tired, this format now. Surely there's something you could do to It's It's all very serious. It needs more fun in well, I think by putting me and him in it, I think it would have a very different angle. You would get a lot of laughs. I mean, you would just get laughs throughout the whole thing. Me and him being best mates, trying to pimp my bungalow, you know, trying to do what the bungalows would be an absolute gas. So, so that's our pitch. Whoever wants to pitch it to a channel first gets it. Okay. Can I have 15% because I've workshopped this idea with you on this one? Well, it's already on paper. Don't worry. <laughs> Damn it. Well, thank you so much for speaking to us today. And my pitch for 15% seems out the window, so I'm going to have to end the interview there. I'm sorry, Dom. Oh, listen, Mark, thank you very much. Just to, just to recap that, can I recap the website? Certainly so, can. Because there are people who are worried about the winter coming and they're worried about things going wrong and money money flying out. Honestly, go on the tips. It will reassure you. There's a few little very cheap cost, cost-effective ways of, of insuring your home. So it's thameswater.co.uk forward slash winter. And I'll tell you what, if you bleed radiators with the kids, they won't have the TV on. That'll save you extra energy. It's it's so much fun. Me and my father, yeah. uh, the long winter nights just, just flew by bleeding radiators yeah. round houses. Forget the PS5. It's all about bleeding radiators. Don Ward of Dick and Don fame on Podcast Radio. And for more big name interviews, just go to the website podcastradionetwork.com Hey nerds, I'm Sarah, the paper nerd, and if you've ever wondered what goes into that greeting card you just sent or received, well, quite a lot. Get your paper fix on the paper fold where I host an enchanting mix of personalities and players all nerding out on my favorite topic, stationery. From the designs of our snail mail communications to the precious space created when two people correspond, there's a lot to cover. So come grab a seat in the stationery community's only five-star paper salon, The Paper Fold, now part of the Evergreen Podcast Network.